ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages, your favorite podcast is back. And when I say your favorite podcast, the best goddamn podcast coming out the DMV, on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, who we appreciate more than anything for distributing our podcast everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even in your mama's kitchen. This is over. <laughs> Eight track, DVD, Blu-ray. I know, DVD <laughs> players. Anywhere, anywhere podcast is listed, you already know the basement Friday is on there. My Asian man's the one that's always doing the most, Mr. Fun with Della Jones. Mr. Boy, Air Force Setting. Unfortunately, we're coming to you live in Technicolor, right? Not black and white like they had in the back old days. Now we're in Technicolor. Again, we're available everywhere we can stream your podcast. So we're going to get into our five minute rant now. Usually, I let you go first with the five minutes. You look like you got something to say. But I got a bone to pick with the internet. Mm -hmm. So it's been a story. I don't know if you've seen it or anyone's heard it, but it's a trending topic on internet right now called Bali. And I saw this thread about this girl. She's a, a digital nomad. And she made a thread talking about her living in Bali. So basically, to sum everything up, she was living in California for about 1300 a month in the studio apartment. And she decided, you know what? I want to go visit Bali. So she went to go visit Bali, but then COVID struck. So when you are uh, traveling, you have to quarantine in place. So she really enjoyed Bali. So she was like, you know what? Me and my girl are here, might as well stay. So she was talking about how the island's so nice and all the great things and the people she met. And she uh, pushed her ebook, was like, this is how you can move to Bali. You guys can do it too. But but she was met with, re with rejection. She was met with conflict from the natives. The natives were telling her, hey, this ain't it. They were saying she was uh, promoting gentrification, promoting colonialism, uh, internet's going back and forth. So I don't know if, I, I know you say you didn't hear the story, but Jace, just based on uh, what you got going on, what, what do you think about this? She left Cali to go to Bali? Yeah. To, to promote gentrification? <laughs> wow, wow. What in the hell is going on in the and what is going on in the world today? I mean, maybe because I didn't, you know, I, I guess you, you gave a brief summary of it, but to me, what I've just heard that's that sounds crazy as hell, though. Like, yeah, that's crazy as hell. Like, you, you did all that colorism and gentrification. I'm like, you going to a whole nother, you going to a whole nother country, basically causing problems. Like, what? You don't go into other countries causing problems. You can go into other state and cause a problem. You ain't going to other country. They got different laws and laws and restrictions. And on top of that, you coming from Cali to Bali during COVID. You know what I mean? Like they don't want you over there. You supposed to be low. You supposed to be low key traveling from the U.S. to uh, uh, out of out of the country. You supposed to be low key as possible. 
you over there, you're just making things worse for yourself at the end of the day. That's all. I, I, I'm going to leave it right there because I'm like, you know. And here's, here's the problem, right? Here's the problem with all of this. She totally glossed over the big things. She promoted all the beautiful things about Bali because it was a very popular travel uh, tour spot. Mm-hmm. She glossed over everything that's going on in Bali, all the problems and the issues because it's not a first world country. It's a developing country. So you gloss over all the problems that they have. And the natives, the people who live there, have families there, are saying, hey, don't do this. And pe- Black people are coming up and saying, oh, just say you're anti-Black. This is not a color thing. This is a, uh, this is a person thing. This is a country thing. So basically, uh, to wrap it up, basically, I'm going to explain it like this. We know gentrification being black people, you know, mm-hmm. we know what it's all about. I'm gonna explain what it's like. So you have a white person, right, who makes two hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh and they move to an inner city black neighborhood where they look at the neighborhood and the rent is super cheap, everything's super cheap there, and it's super affordable. Because to them, they make a lot of money. And then they go and tell their friends, hey, guys, I'm going to give you this ebook and tell you how you can move into these inner city neighborhoods for dirt cheap and live like kings. Because she gets paid in USD, which is way more than they make. So we make our money. And most of them there, they make about $300 a month. So that's how I explain to people. But you guys got to go check out the story. I, I can't do justice just explaining this in this little bit of time, but y'all got to see the ridiculousness for yourself. That's a bunch of low garbage. Man. It is, bro. You, you, you got to see it for yourself. What, what you got? I should have read, read, read this story. because I. First of all, you you left the country, start calling problems. You left the, the you left the United States to go into a country to start causing problems. Right. I'm not going to another country causing problems. You know, man. Especially being from the United States, I'm not causing problems. I'm being as low key as possible. Shoot, I might learn how to start speaking uh, a whole another language just to fit in or something. Uh, hell no. But yeah, yeah. So. For me, on this show here, I just want to first take the time out. Oh, man, this this is this is gonna be real interesting. But everybody know I've been doing security for a long time. You know, January this year marks seven years. That's a long ass time for a guy like myself, and you know, bursting on the scene with the security company I work for. You know, being in 2019, you know, being embraced in the, being embraced, being embraced into the the cannabis community, just everybody loves Funkadelic Jones. Everybody loves Weatherman Jones. Everybody loves all the characters, and all the all the characters that you know. I didn't came up with all the funny skits and all that stuff. You guys can go on my IG. You can also go on 
uh, Divine Medicine Glenmont as well, and just see all the funny skits that I was featuring. So, recent story that happened, um, make a long story short, we you know, so most of the summer, most of the summer in 2020, you know, the cannabis shop was pretty much fighting. You know, we were free agents. You know, we had to make an executive decision was to either get bought or worse. You know what I'm saying? But we ended up getting bought, you know, by a family owned business. For me, it's 50 50. A lot of people always ask, well, I don't, how do you feel about, how do you feel about being owned by, uh, you know, by a cannabis? But how do you feel about being owned by a family owned mom and pop? It's 50 50. You know, and the first thing, um, the first order of business when these guys took over was they said, we're going to get rid of security. That was the first order of business was we're going to get rid of security. Luckily, however, and this is and this is going to really sum up what I'm asking for. Just like this is why I tell people that no matter what happens of what you do, you always give 110. You always give 150 percent of anything you do. Because you never know what's, you never know who's watching or who's observing. Because, you know, by the grace of God, and I appreciate everybody at Divine Medicine as well. Our contract, our like the security contract with the dispensary is officially over. Then, then that was the question was, what was going to happen with the security? Mostly what was going to happen with me? Yeah. They officially signed Ofonga Duck to still be their security guard. You know what I'm saying? They still officially signed me as their security guard. Um, I don't like I don't like giving farewell speeches. You know, man. I don't it, it was never no, it was never no bad blood between me and the security company at all. However, um, some things were disorganized and a lot of things were not what I was expecting. I mean. For a dude that pretty much put a lot of way into it and a lot of uh, did put a lot of hours in, you know, I I didn't get exactly what I was looking for, and to go a whole year and not get a raise, and then the story behind why I didn't get a raise, it didn't make sense. So I mean, it was a, it was a perfect fit for me to leave that company right now, and you know, man, so. It, hey, nothing's changed. I still got the same schedule. I, everybody still get to see my smiling face. And right now with January rolling, it's a new chapter. It's a new beginning. And hey, it's only it's only gonna get better. Or I, I'm all it's only gonna get better because I, I only look at the positive things, man. But let's get on to today's show. I know I seemed like I was getting a little emotional. Everybody was like, "Don't cry for me." Good thing. All praise to the Most High. There we I go. Mean, that's that's all I can do with this yeah. All I can do is praise him, man. But don't cry for me. I'm gonna try not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mister Producer. This podcast Mr. is sponsored by Kleenex. Mister Mister Producer, you see me just giving a heartfelt speech, and you over there laughing. Really? I'm over there giving a heartfelt speech, Mr. Medusa. I'm over there telling the people what's going on to you. I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get I don't get paid enough. I don't get paid. Oh boy. I don't get paid. I don't get paid enough. And shout out to my and shout out to my man Aaron though, because 
Aaron, Aaron be always on, on, on IG stirring up the pot between me and Mr. Medusa talking about the feud is still going. <laughs> you don't never say nothing to him. I, 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 I'm just looking, you know. I'm just observing, you know. <sighs> Look at that. He on your side. What the young kids say? It, for me, it's the favoritism for me. Hey, look, hey, look. <laughs> it's gonna be the new Peter Griffin and Chicken thing. It's the favoritism <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's, it's, that, that, that's what it's gonna be. Oh, it's, it's all good, man. It's all good. I ain't, I ain't tripping about it. Let's go on and get down to business. All right. So first thing first. We're going to talk about the story everybody been talking about for the top of the week, fumbling the bag. And what exactly do I mean fumbling the bag? Well, this guy who had uh, a Bitcoin wallet had 10 tries to get it right, to have access to what is now 320 of, of this podcast, because Bitcoin price fluctuates. $320 million worth of Bitcoin. Never mind it. He had 10 tries. He used eight of his tries. He has two tries left. If he doesn't get it right, it is locked forever. He has no access to the money. Now, this is the ultimate form of fumbling the bag. What do you have to say about this? <laughs> two things, man. Number one, it... it I, I would hate to see a brother lose three hundred million. I would hate to see a brother lose three hundred million. That's a lot of money to lose, brother. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. For a man like myself, I if I lose three hundred million, you could. I, I would. I would be. I would be. I wouldn't talk to nobody for at least about two years. I'll be in my feelings for at least about two years. You couldn't even call me. Hey, phone. I don't want to hear. It. <laughs> don't talk to me. What you upset about? I lost three hundred million. Don't talk to me. <laughs> but the second thing is, as 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 regular people, we all know how it feels to be locked out of a. <laughs> we all know the feeling. Like when you just keep talking about some. I know this is the password. I know this is the lock. This is the lock. This is the right. Then you lock me, you got reset the jump. But unfortunately, he don't even get the chance to reset his password. And see, as you get older, y'all better do like I do, man. I write down most of my passwords, man. Because yeah. I'm not going to remember 80% of the passwords that I come up with. I use a lot. I, I sign into a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know. What's that password? No. All right, let me try this. No. Let me try this. I'm, I, I'm just like, nope. I'm like, nope. Just... You better get a log, write all this stuff down, because like my man, you fumbling the bag, bro. Oh, you fumbling that thing. That, that's the biggest fumble ever. Shit, man. You fumbling. You, you right. wouldn't even make the NFL roster fumbling the ball, fumbling the bag like that. Jesus Christ. Like, like Lord, this Christ. is the kind of fumble when you're at fourth and inches at touchdown and you fumble and the other person picks up the ball, runs all the way to the opposite touchdown, and scores to win the Super Bowl. This is this is what kind of fumble that is. You want to know what kind of fumble this is? This is like Lamar Jackson th throwing that pick in the end zone and causing and causing Baltimore the game because Baltimore lost 
because he threw a pick. And the the, face, the crazy part about the dude was contemplating on taking a knee. He was like, should I take it? Nah, I'm going to go ahead and score. Bro, the fact, I'm like, Lamar, you fumbled the bag, bro. You fumbled this one. You, you fumbled this one. I don't want to hear that. So, you know what to this my is brother, like? To my, to my brother that's with the, the Bitcoin account, nah, dude, I don't know how Bitcoin passwords and stuff work because I don't really use Bitcoin. But you, sir, are fumbling the bag. Right. And and us being, us being as regular as we are, we can't afford to fumble bags like that, boss. <laughs> we can't afford that, man. And somebody tell me right now, like, oh, Funk, you got you got four hundred million in an account. I'm gonna try. Look, I'm gonna be just with him. I'm gonna be like that. Don't say you got ten tries. My my ass will be sitting right here, like, what is the password? I date of birth? No. Ex girlfriend? No. <laughs> Ah, catch freeze. Nah. I didn't know you about three or four of them right there. Like, ah. I'm going to come back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off and refresh them all. <laughs> yeah, because this, this situation is crazy because uh, he actually wrote it down, but he lost it. So for me, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at this. Look, I still got stuff from 2006, 2005 that I wrote down. I still got, because uh, I had stuff where, like, I was trying to, I got books where I was trying to figure out my MySpace password and stuff like that. And I'm looking, I'm just like, for you to lose it, you wasn't taking care of it. You, let, you, me, let, let me give him a little piece of advice. Let me give you a piece of advice. In this modern day that we live in, in this modern era, everybody lives on their phone. Every everybody phones have a have base comes with a notepad. You should right. have took that pad, that password over your phone. If you was an Android user, more power to you. I got an iPhone, but if you Android user, it don't even matter. You go to your tab, your tab, your notepad, your notepad, whatever comes on your phone, because it's the default app. You should have went on your phone, typed that password in. Same, so when it was time for you to go into that account, you would have all your money. But the fact you wrote down, ah, lost it. I mean, we all been through this. We all been through that before. Trust me, we all been through that before. I wrote down stuff, be like, I'm like, damn, what did I do with that? You lost it, then you be like, you're like, well, I, I needed that, but oh well, I mean, it's gone now. Like, what? Yeah, because the way it works is you have your private key and you have your public key. And your private key, you have to know that at all times. But what this guy did was he wanted to be extra secure. He wanted to go for Knox. He decided he wanted to put it in a software um, where you have to super protect the password itself. So he forgot the password to that. And for him to remember that password will allow him to get to private key. So it's just, it, it it's real messed up, like on all angles. Go ahead. I just got a question. I, I got a question. I'm sorry. When you say he put it in a software and made a super key, I just want to know. Mm -hmm. What the hell? He steal money from the government or something? No, he actually, <laughs> actually got it. Uh, he made this video a long time ago. I believe he did IT or something. Uh, he made this video called 
what is Bitcoin? And someone paid him about $7,000, not 7,000, but 7,000 Bitcoin. My thing is this though. Okay. You, somebody paid you to make a commercial. Somebody paid you to make a commercial about Bitcoins. Somebody paid you to help you promote Bitcoins. You got 400 million and you got these super keys and super passwords like you over here ciphering money from the government that we don't know nothing about. You got Bitcoins or you a hacker? Which one are you doing? Because at the end of the day, all I can say is it don't matter what you got going on, brother. You lost. You're failing. I hate to see it. I hate to see it happen to anybody, especially especially in the times we're in right now. I hate to see it happen. But my brother, you got two tries left. You better figure out the password. Yeah, it, it's not looking good for him. Uh, the way it's looking, if you ain't get it in eight tries, you're not going to get in these last two. So yeah. at this point, you, you got to make peace with the lost money. Hey, Mr. Medusa, if they gave you 10 pass, they you take 10 passes for a try, would you would you try it? <laughs> you would? I, hey, bet you, I bet you don't get in there. <laughs> I, I bet I, I bet you don't get in. I hope you don't get in. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. Maui somewhere. Hey. Hey yo, if you do happen to get 400 million, though, can you, can I at least get like 10 dollars out of that? No, nah, but can you, can you imagine, like, can you imagine actually getting it on the last try, like, just 400 million? Like, oh, oh. If you get on the last try, God was really on your side. Right. He was <laughs> God, like, was really, God was really like, you know what? I see you struggling. This is the password. <laughs> I so, got it. I'm going to go ahead and lend a hand to you. You know what I'm saying? Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. Speaking of money, we want to continue on this topic. We want to talk about Joe Biden's plan to update the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Now, people all over Twitter, all over social media has been up in arms about this. People saying this, people saying that, people saying that it's good for the economy, people saying it's trash and it's a bad idea. Now, with this talk we got with the $15 an hour minimum wage, we both know that it's not that much. So, what's your perspective on this? Well, you talking about, see, before I get started, Joe, 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 you already starting off on the wrong path, Joe. Not, come, even, not even office yet. Come on, Joe. Your first thing is my plan is to, I see, I was reading, I'm just reading like my plan is to make minimum wage $15 an hour. That's going to get us out of poverty. No, it's not. No, it's not. Now, Joe, put it like this. $15 an hour in the South? Yes. $15 in Maryland and D.C.? No. Virginia, maybe, because their minimum wage is only like is still like $9. Yeah. If you make a minimum wage in Virginia for $9, by all means, God bless you. That's, that's crazy. But can you imagine... Somebody in Cali and somebody in New York, the two most expensive states in the U.S., fifteen dollars an hour. You are you are scratch you are barely scratching the surface in New Definitely. York and Cali. You know what I'm saying? Like apart apartments in apartments in New York cost about 
$2,500. And that's a one-bedroom apartment. All right? Cali taxes are already like $4 a tax. $15 an hour ain't going to solve it then. So Cali got $10 water bottles. That's what I'm saying. So when you're talking about when you're talking about $15 an hour should be minimum wage, I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you got to take in consideration what states, you know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta take in consideration because $15 ain't going to cover everybody. It's not going to cover everything, especially high end, like I said, high end states like, like, um, like New York, like Cali, $15 don't mean nothing up there. That's pocket change, and then they're gonna be like fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but what people don't realize is too that when minimum wage go up, prices go up. People don't remember. People don't think that. People think like, oh, we're gonna raise minimum wage to keep everything the same. Nope, it don't work like that. If you raise a minimum wage, you gotta raise the prices. And I'm gonna tell you like this: if I go in the store and I see something that's cheap that's getting expensive. Joe, I'm coming for your ass first. <laughs> okay? I'm coming for your ass first. But I'm going to swing it on to my man Aaron because, you know, Aaron looks like he's more upset than I am about this $15 an hour minimum wage. And he looked like he he, he going to school y'all with the numbers and statistics. Me, I just go I go for straight haymakers. Like, Other for, for me, I'm, I'm just upset at the comments that I've seen about people who know nothing about economics, who never took a class, who just get online. And it reminds me, I, it reminds me of people who wake up in the morning and tweet nonsense on social media. People wake up in the morning and they just say, I'm going to say the first thing on my mind. And you don't have to do it. Sometimes you can keep it to yourself. I know it's a free country. We can say what we want, but that doesn't mean you got to say it. Just keep it to yourself. Now, I'm going to follow what you said about uh, prices going up. Now, we have to adjust for inflation. Uh, the reason why uh, inflation happens is because we have to keep up with demand, supply and demand. So if, like, I don't know how much milk is because I buy almond milk, but I do know almond milk is about 250 to 350 if the minimum wage is right now, I believe in some places, 725. Depends on where you at. Yeah, it depends on where you at. It's It depends on where you at. Just, just look at your chart for your state. But let's just say 725, right? And then you look at minimum wage going up to 15. If you think that milk is going to stay 250, it's not. It's going to most likely go up to about 450 wow. to 5. Because mm -hmm. you have to keep up demand. Because when you make more money, you're able to buy more, and it's not just you. Uh, the the companies have to be able to supply that for people, and they can't up, keep up with that supply. So what what they do is they raise the prices to kind of fight off consumers. That's why people raise. Uh, that's why people raise prices. It kind of filters out consumers because not as much not as much people can afford it. That's that's the way it works in economics. So, like you said earlier, depending on where you live, I like to call uh, anywhere in the DMV close to the capital. I like to call California, New York. I like to call them 
some places are Florida, some places are Florida, Miami. I like to call them Gucci belt states. Gucci belt states, expensive, but don't offer anything. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to 15 an hour, if we were to actually keep up with inflation, most people will be making anywhere from 20 to 30 an hour on average. That's if we were to accurately keep up with inflation. But the problem with this country is the country raised prices. Inflation has, has surpassed living expenses, has surpassed uh, all other forms of inflation. So now we have food inflation. We have living inflation where housing is more expensive. Uh, the way of life is more expensive, but the price to work, our wage is stagnating. So the $15 an hour is cool, but you need to make more of that. You need to make more than that. Make it 20, make it 30, so we can afford to make a living. And the whole point of, uh, before I pass it over, the whole point of minimum wage is the minimum amount you need to make a living. That's why minimum wage was created. It's the minimum amount you need to be able to afford your way of life, your food, your shelter, everything. But now it's not like that no more. People got to work super amount of hours, overtime, extra jobs, live with roommates, just because the country has failed their people. Kids, even adults. If you guys think $15 an hour is a lot in this world, in this day and age, in these times, I just want to say to you, you have not even got started yet. Okay? Because imagine, you know, as a, imagine as a teenager, imagine you're in your early 20s and you want to move out your parents' house. But you only make $15 an hour, and on top of that, you got a car note. And on top of that, you got insurance. You you really, you really think you're gonna move out $15 an hour? Nah. Okay? Because trust me, I, I bought my car on $11 an hour. And best believe making payments and insurance on $11 an hour? Oh, that was tough. I had a, I had a job at $15 an hour. I was catching, I was running down shoplifters at $15 an hour. You think that was enough for me to get by? Paying like getting paid and had to pay a car note and pay insurance, $15 an hour? <laughs> no. Nah. Unless y'all are driving around in buckets where you don't have no car note and your insurance is like $3 a month, it's no way in hell you're going to afford to live on $15 an hour. You know, like I said, maybe maybe in the South, South Carolina, North Carolina, parts of Georgia. Ali. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Places like that, Mississippi, maybe. You know, places like that where living is not, you know, you can get, you can get a one-bedroom apartment for $900. If I get an apartment for nine hundred dollars, like if you if you even get like a one, you get a one bedroom apartment for like seven hundred dollars. I'm I'm golden. I'm I'm doing it big because a one bedroom apartment in, in PG County is already like twelve thirteen hundred dollars, yeah. depending on what part of PG County you live in. 
You know, man. Well, I'm bare them like 14 and 16. It's like, bro. Yeah, it, it depends. It depends on where you live at. Like if you live, if you trying to live in the bougie parts of PG County, yeah, you're gonna be paying about you're gonna be paying about fourteen dollars for one bedroom. Now, if you live in, I'm I'm trying to live in the hood, they're gonna probably get you about like twelve. Eleven hundred twelve depends on where you department that you live in. That so fifteen dollars an hour, guys, is nothing personally. So even if you guys sit there, and I remember, I remember when people, this was back when uh, fifteen dollars an hour got raised in DC, like when that became their minimum wage, or that became, you know, that became like their their minimum wage right there, like oh, 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 everybody that mama was trying to get a job in DC. Everybody, mama was trying to get a job in DC. Like everybody, when I tell you, like it was like, yeah, man, cashiers at Giants making fifteen dollars an hour. I think Maryland's minimum wage is like what twelve? It's like twelve. It's like twelve dollars. Yeah, I like I I forgot. I, I think you told me what it was. Yeah, I think I think minimum wage is like twelve dollars in Maryland. You know, or twelve fifty or something like that in Maryland. So Maryland got a long way to go for even reach fifteen dollars an hour. By the time it even reach, by the time it even reach fifteen dollars an hour, the country gonna be so expensive to live in. Maryland gonna be so expensive to live in. Half of us probably ain't gonna be able to afford to live in no more. By the time fifteen dollars an hour even becomes a thing here, yeah. So that's why I said like people don't realize you you arguing about fifteen dollars an hour thing like fifteen dollars an hour means something like fifteen an fifteen an hour don't mean nothing. To anybody, like people that got, even if you, I don't, you know, any a job is a job. I don't want to say that like if you got a real job, you working at Foot Locker is not a real job. Working at Foot Locker is a job, but yeah. you know, what I mean, you working at McDonald's, like you working at places like McDonald's, you working at, you working at maybe like a department store that they not paying you that much. You know, I'm sending and like imagine like okay, their, their minimum wage go up to fifteen dollars an hour. What can you still afford to do? People like you, you can't afford to live on $15 an hour. Trust me, I know. I've been there. That's why, that's why when I was making $15 an hour, I didn't even try to put myself in a position like, yeah, I'm about to move out. I'm gone. No. I was more focused on like, yo, pay my like keep paying the car, the payments on my car so I can still have a car to drive to get back and forth to work. I wasn't even trying to make no risky moves. Like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get up out of here. $15 an hour, I'm gone. I'm about to get my own spot. Hell to the no. Mm-mm. It was just not happening, boss. Yeah. So, so, and, and kids, teenagers, if you, if you end this debate, all I want to say is, welcome to the real world. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say to you is, welcome to the real world. Definitely. You got you got some hurdles to jump over. I'm telling you, 15 ain't, ain't nothing. Like you Damn. look at places in the south, that's like 700. Exactly. Like, you know, of course you can do that. Now, what I'm about to say is going to ruffle a couple of feathers, but who will we be if we do not ruffle a couple of feathers? I want all the smoke. They know that. They like, know that I want like, all the smoke. Like we always say, you can add us. I want all the smoke. I'm waiting for this. I want all it. Social is. media sites. You know our social media sites. 
But I'm going to say this. $15 an hour, I people are going to be offended, but it is what it is. $15 an hour is for teenagers and young adults. Facts. $15 an hour is not where you're supposed to be working when you're 20, late 20s to 30s. Now, I get it. I get it. Life happens, things like that. But the whole point of a minimum wage job is just to get you through until you build a career. Mm-hmm. So you're not still supposed to be jumping from 15 to 15 to 15 to 16 to 16 to 16. You're supposed to be there learning a skill, right? To where you can make more money. Because you have people who are working 15-hour jobs, and most of them don't know what they want to do with their life. That's why they're at these jobs. That's why they're still at these jobs. This is the most case scenario, not individual, most case scenario. So the people who learn their skills, if you worked at a minimum wage job for about two or three years, usually you have enough skills to get yourself somewhere to where you start earning uh, more money. You start earning 25s and 30s, you start getting salary and that's when you really start to build your life. It's all about getting to the next level. You're not st- supposed to stay there. So if you're wondering why you're surrounded by a bunch of teenagers and young adults who tiktok all day and you can't relate to them, that's why. Like, you on your lunch break and people are doing stuff like this, that's why. You're not supposed to be there. I get it. You gotta, you gotta find a skill, find something you're good at, Hey, don't put like, I, I put it like, and I'm gonna put it like this too. You know, again, I want all the smoke. <laughs> I want all the smoke. However, when you work, when you work in that job, even if it's fifteen dollars an hour, whether it's seven dollars an hour, whether it's eleven dollars an hour, whatever your state minimum wage is, like my man said, you're there to build a skill. Okay, you're there to build a skill. You're you're there to continue to build a a resume for yourself to get to somewhere better you know man that's what it is for for me for me for me being me start me doing security and by the time i left i was only making 11 dollars i jumped from 11 dollars to 15 dollars an hour you know what i'm saying and that's just and that's just based and that's just based off what the skills that I got, uh-huh. you know, being in security for seven years, no, I don't carry no gun. But yet, each year I'm in security, my stock goes up. So, kids, you got to realize, you got to understand. Yeah, you might sit and say, oh, phone, you may not be worth more than you think. You can, you can call, you can call what it is. Every year, I, every year I'm in this, my stock goes up. My number goes up. And if I if I end up carrying a gun, that's 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 probably gonna end up being triple, maybe a double, maybe triple. I'm just saying. But when you get when you start building skills, you can this is how you can now negotiate. You can now negotiate more than what you're worth. Because understand this: if you have no skills, you have to take minimum wage. There's no option. I have but no to choice. Take there's no option but to take minimum wage. You cannot come into no job. You cannot come into no job and expect 
Instead, be like, I, I want to be making this. I want to make that. I want to make this. First of all, you have no skills. You, you, you don't have no skills related to what I'm, what you're interviewing for. You know, if I were to go back to law convention right now, I could pull up my whole resume and be like, bro, I've been in security for a long time. And on top of that, before I even trans, before I started doing security. I used to do loss prevention. So if any loss prevention want me, you're gonna have you're gonna have to really bring something to the table. Definitely. Cause if your minimum wage is 15, I'm gonna be straight up real with you. That's that's not even my minimum wage at this point. I'm not taking up, I'm I'm not gonna sit and start throwing out numbers, but if 15 is your minimum wage for me, that's that's way beyond below my rate at this point. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you can't go in with the mindset. People, that's why it's called know your worth. Good. You know what I mean? If you got a bachelor's degree or if you got a teacher's degree, you're not going to take a job that's only paying you 30000 a year when you know you worth about fifty five, sixty. So that's what I said. So if you, if you know you worth more than $15 an hour, why like why would you why would you even try to offer fifteen dollars now now? And again, like my man said, the kids, the young adults, this is your this is your platform to build. Yes, you can take fifteen dollars now. If you don't got no if you don't got no responsibilities, if you ain't got no kids, you still live at home with your parents, you know what I mean? You you ain't got a car. If you, if you got a car and you know what I mean, if you but you don't got a car no, or if you do got a car no, or if your parents pay the car, I don't know how you wanna work that. Y'all sell that more power to you. But this is for y'all. This like that's for y'all. And they're basically trying to get you guys. I don't know what they're trying to do by making $15 an hour as the minimum wage. I remember like people used to kill to get a job for $15 an hour. You know what I mean? Like you you had high-end places, like you going from like Marshalls, Marshall's only paying you like 13, but you can go to Nordstrom's and Neiman Marcus, they'll pay you like $15 an hour. So people kill for that. Like, but if you said $15 is the if you want that to be the base minimum wage throughout the whole US, what is everybody working for? What nobody's competing anymore. Everybody's just like, well, shoot, this job $15 and all I gotta do is pick up boxes. Right. That's what a lot of people were saying. Like a lot of people were online, they were arguing, they were like. I, I feel like I should make the same amount uh, doing this than people who work in cashiers and picking up boxes. I was like, well, you got to take that up with Joe because this is his idea. And I seen and I seen and I do agree. People was like, y'all want y'all want minimum wage to be $15 an hour. Don't get mad when your burrito at Taco Bell be $38. I said, you got a point. That, that is going to happen. I said, happen. you got a point because Taco Bell is real cheap, but if you make if the whole country goes to fifteen dollars now, Taco Bell got raised their prices up too. They gotta keep it up. I'm saying they they can't because they can't continue like oh everything's gonna be five dollar fill up box. Nah, that's gonna be a now a ten dollar box. You gonna have we too many keep, customers. Yeah, we got we got to keep now if it stay cheap. Oh, you know, it's gonna make it's gonna make money, but is it gonna really profit them though? No, because they are gonna constantly run out. Like once you have like. Like even supermarkets, they only have a limited supply until they get the next shipment. 
So when you have too many people buying stuff, it's always going to get cleared out. So you're going to have a lot of uh, stores being wiped out and nobody's going to be able to get what they want. That's why they got to raise prices up to keep that, keep that ebb and flow, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this. I remember I used to work at uh, Chuck E. Cheese years ago. I worked for about $7.25 at Chuck E. Cheese. I was doing part-time. I remember I was going on lunch and we had to pay for lunch. And I looked at the lunch and I said, what am I getting? It was like pizza, some other stuff, some kind of meal. The meal came up to about $6.25. So what that told me was I had to work an hour or just about an hour to be able to afford this meal. That was the turning point for me leaving to saying, you know what? I ain't doing this. I was only 19, but I knew y'all wasn't paying me enough to do this. Y'all wasn't paying me enough part-time to do this. And once you work jobs, you're saying one of two things. You're saying, A, I'm only worth $15 an hour, or B, I'm willing to work my way up from $15 an hour. So from there, if you say I'm only worth $15 an hour and you keep working these minimum wage jobs, you're saying you're only worth minimum wage and you're not willing to work your way up. So if you're willing to work your way up, you're saying I'm humble enough to start here, but I'm not going to finish here. I'm going to go 15, I'm going to go 30, 45 and above. But it's nothing wrong with starting there. The problem is when you stay there. And see, this is where now I come into play with one of my favorite things to say is like, that means getting too comfortable, right? I always tell people, your job can be easy as hell, but you never want to get complacent. Never. Never. You know, me doing security where I'm at now at the dispensary, easiest job on the planet. I'm talking about, this would feel like retirement security for me. But because, you know, because of my experience and because of what I've done and because you know, everything that I've everything I've accomplished within a seven year span, I'm only 27. You wouldn't like you wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect a dude at 27 to have a seven year a seven year resume and security. You wouldn't a lot of people quit a lot of people quit security out of the month. Cause they'd be like, oh, it's too demanding. Oh, it don't pay enough, blah, 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 blah. No, you let a dude that been around like me. That's why, and that's why I said earlier, worth seven, worth minimum wage. I'm at the point, I'm at the point of doing security where even two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to be a manager and I'm going to manage people doing security, or oh, I'm gonna do plan B, which is what I don't want to do, but it might eventually have to come to that, and that's retire. You know, and it's nothing personal, but it's just like. What 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 more what more can I gain? What more can what more can I gain? Oh, you oh get a gun, you make more money. And then what? Be a cop, and then what? You know, man, they cops like they the police department how they hire you when you're 20. They hire you 21. You don't need no kind of security experience. You don't need no type of law enforcement uh, law enforcement experience at all. And they'll hire you as long as you can pass the little fitness test. And this goes back to what he was saying when he was like willing to work up for it. Now, 
This is why I go back saying building your resume. Because when you walk in the door, you, you can leverage that. But if you grow in a company, they're going to pay you what they feel like you worth. They're like, they don't pay, like, they don't pay, they don't pay, they pay outsiders more than they pay their own people. Promote within, they're they going to pay you what they feel like. You only make, if you're making $15 an hour, they're going to turn around and pay, oh, we'll, we'll give them $15.50. We'll give them $16. And you hope, you, you, can you imagine going from $15 an hour being picking up boxes to making $15.50 or $16 an hour? You got to close up shop, count money, lock the doors, on the door, access the code. You got to do all that for a dollar? Yeah, you doing all that. You doing all more, you doing a whole lot more for a dollar. Do you already say to yourself, "Is it really worth it?" Absolutely. You know, and before I pass back to my man, and, and that's what I had to say to myself too when I was working at a job. You know, what I mean, working for eleven dollars an hour, they tried to promote me to where they wanted me to lock up shop, hop on a register. Um, like this is when this was a time where I was. I could have stopped my security career and transferred into like more management role right there. But making $11 an hour, and this was me being within, they wanted me to lock up shop, count the money, bring in the truck, like bring in a delivery truck, all this going from $11 an hour to 1225. So you want me to, you want me to overwork myself for almost a dollar? Nah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, you have people who be a company, who are at companies for one to two years and their raise is about a dollar and or like 50 cents. It's like you really work there for a year and your raise is 50 cents to a dollar. A lot of people have this uh, mentality where it's like, take what you can get and I completely understand it. But my mentality is take, take what I deserve. I take what I deserve. And for me, I'm in that position to say that because I've been in a position where I looked at uh, opportunities that were way underpaid. And a lot of you guys are underpaid, but you have to realize, hey, I'm underpaid and I don't want to keep working at this wage. I want to find myself doing something better. And there's a big difference between people who live who work at salary jobs where they got all these benefits and super nice. If they are comfortable at the job, I get it because they're getting uh, what they're paid to do and they're able to scale up from that. Not only that, they're getting these great benefits. If they get comfortable, they deserve to be comfortable. But for you to work minimum wage where you're getting no benefits, you're being worked, underpaid, and overworked. You got to get out of there as fast as you can, and the best way to get out of there as fast as you can is to find a skill. So, uh, I'll, I'll end it with this. Uh, for me, as far as positions, I looked at, I had some, and I turned them down. Now, a lot of people be like, "Oh, that's crazy, bro! You take what you can get." No, I don't work like that. I work what I feel I deserve because I know what I could bring to the table. Every time you come to a job, you're always selling yourself. If you're just saying, okay, 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 they're gonna say, okay, this person is gonna work for what I give them. This person is a great worker. Nothing wrong with being a great worker, but you wanna be a smart worker. 
you want to work smart. You want to say, okay, I'm doing this, uh, getting aggressive with the boss. And after I'm in good grace with the boss, eventually I'm a transition out here. This is not a forever thing. And like, and like you said earlier, you know, people get too complacent. They complain and complacent. That's the worst thing you want to do. You want to be complacent while complaining. So I'm going to just say this, you know, for me, like for me, I work contracted. I've been contracted for the last seven years, contracted work. And you always got to sell yourself. You know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not wage. I don't work for a wage. Uh, my contract is set. We won't hire you for this many, this many months, this many length of time. And this is the total amount you're going to make. And I was like, all right. Sometimes I say, no, that's too low. I can't do that. And that's a part of knowing your worth, knowing that I'm going to do this amount of work and I know I'm going to bring this to the table and we're going to come together. We got to come together to a mutual agreement that, all right, we're going to get this popping. But for you guys out there, my thing says, and if you want to smoke, you know my social media, but stop working at these kid jobs, bro. If you're there right now, learn a skill. It's time. Learn a skill. You can do it. It's something out there for you to do. And I'm a, I'm a close, I'm a close it, especially by saying this at this point. Um, as far as, as far as like a, and, and as far as, and I, I've even said it on my old episode as well. Just like where is it? Where is basically saying. You ain't not, you're not trying to work for the rest of your life because you're not, you know what I mean? No one is. That's why I said like, especially going into my late 20s and into my 30s, it's all about building equity. It's always, it's always about building money. You know what I mean? Like the kids, like the kids, the younger kids, the, the teenagers and the, like the, the younger generation, the, the teenagers and the young adults, they want fast money. It's nothing wrong with fast money, but I want generational wealth. You know, man, fast money comes and goes. Gener generational wealth, it it goes on. It keeps going. You know, man, like you can be, you can get, you can get fast money, live this millionaire lifestyle, and then all that zone is gone. But when you steady got money coming in, when you steady got, when you steady got, you know, income coming in left to right. You're good, you know. You your kids gonna be set, but you know you want to leave. You want to leave your kids something behind at least. And you working, and you feeling like you only work fifteen dollars an hour. You ain't gonna leave too much behind, especially if you got multiple kids though. So I'm gonna say this right here, right now on the stream. Uh, moving forward for me, I'm putting together a soup. I'm putting together super teams of investors. You guys can hit me up at Funk with Bella Jones. You know, I'm like I said, it's it's all about investing. I'm 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 prime time. I'm I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fish in a little pond. Like you, if you want things to happen, you gotta take risks. You live if you live basic. If you I don't know I, I don't want I don't want to leave because if I if I mess up, then is it not? You mess up, you gotta get your ass back up. I'm 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 ta we taking risks. I'm putting together super teams of investors. You know, and we want to open up a business or we want to, you know, open, make some type of product. It's going to happen. It, it, it's going to happen regardless. 
you you can you can say, oh, you just talking, talking. Okay, cool. You know, it is what it is. I don't I don't want to keep I don't want to keep living this basic life. And you think I want to do security for the rest of my life? Hell no. I don't care if I'm on security or unarmed security. I don't want to do security for the rest of my life. Hell no. That's my closing remark. <laughs> So for B to combine both stories, all of them come all it comes down to the moral of both stories is don't fumble the bag. Yeah. The bag. Well, with that said right there, unless you got any final words to say. Not at all. Well, I'll catch you guys out here. It's your boy Aaron Fornicetti. And it's your man, Mr. Funky Dana Jones. And we can't forget. Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer, we're <laughs> gonna catch you. Me. We're gonna catch you next week. Peace.